You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Last week, uh, just a quick review. Uh, if you weren't here, if you were here, if you listened online, if you listened in person, whatever it was, that uh, the Lord brought this very clear question yeah, to, to us this morning of how can, because we read in Romans 12 too, to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And he asked this question, how can I renew your mind? How can I transform your life if I never have the attention of it? It's a wonderful question. The transformation lies in our attention given to Him, our choosing of Him, our allowing Him to be God in our lives. And that does not happen just because we hope it does and we go on doing our own thing. We have to engage with Him. And it says in the engaging, there's transformation. In the engaging, there's renewal. But that cannot happen if He does not ever have our attention. He is not this God that will just interrupt us Whether we like it or not, now He'll do that sometimes, but He'll do that to the heart that's willing. If if the heart is not willing because they don't have any part of their life where they're willing to engage with Him, He is not going to interrupt their story until they wake up saying, I choose you today. And in that place, can He renew your mind? Can He transform your life? Can He give you eyes to see and ears to hear? But it is only in that place, that place where attention is given. We see that over and over with Jesus. Over and over, Jesus He ministered with one ear in heaven. This is how Kendall taught it to me. It was one ear in heaven, one ear on earth. He was hearing what he was seeing in front of him and and what was going on around him, but he was also listening to the Father and what his response to be, what the Lord would have him do in those places. But there were times where it was necessary that he would go, that both ears would be in heaven, that he would pull away from this world to allow the Lord to transform and renew his mind, give him eyes to see and ears to hear what was happening. And he's had the attention of my mind this week. He's had something very, very specific on my mind and my heart, a transforming word on my mind and my heart for several weeks, several weeks as school kind of takes off and all these different things go on. And it's really, it's really been happening for months, just the Lord reflecting on this since we've had all the transition, all the staff, all this new staff, all this transition that we've had going on. He's had this topic on my heart and then it's just increased as school has started, and so I need to start. It's like a warning before you watch a movie. It's going to be intense. I have to give you a warning. This word, now, this is a unique one because I've had it for a long time, and I asked the Lord permission, can I share it now? And he's like, okay. It was, it was on Wednesday when we were, we were at uh, our doctor's appointment, and finding out that I'm going to be a daddy to a baby girl, and I'm like super stoked about that. I can, yeah, I know, right? There it is. It's going to be awesome. But had a conversation with someone, coming back to this topic, it's like, Lord, I can't wait anymore. Can I please share it? He's like, yeah, you can share it. But he's like, but you got to sit with me for a little while and let me mold this. So deal, and he did it. And so this word comes with love, grace, and mercy attached to it. And you know that I love you. You know that I love you. And if you don't know that, you haven't been paying attention. Because I love you. And I, w- I would give my life for any one of you. But I am also your pastor. And the anointing on this house 
If I am not stewarding it, you cannot hope to steward it. And if I am not seeing where we are, we are going astray, we're in trouble. And so we have to recognize this point. We have to come to this point. Now, this is not for any one person in here, but this is, for, this is something I see in the Christian world heavily. It is heavily consumed. We talked about it this morning in Sunday school, that all this bad behavior that the world has learned, all these things that they're doing, we're like, man, we really don't like that they do that. Where did they learn it? They learned it from the church. They learned these things from the church first because God established us first over this world and in this, in this place, in this time, for this day and age. And we have not owned up to it. And now we see this circle where the world pours into the church and the church pours into the world and they just feed each other poison over and over and over again. We see churches that look more like a corporation and less like the body of God every day. We see churches, and we, they, they're called church, but it's like, really, what's the difference with anything going on here between outside and inside this building? And so in that, we have to recognize, and in the season that we're in, we have to recognize there is urgency in what the Lord wants to do here. And with that, we need to recognize that we are not too good to be passed by if we will not steward well what the Lord has given We need to recognize that. The Lord, I have seen it several times in the last two years, an anointing put on somebody and the Lord removed it because they said no to it. And the Lord said many years ago on this stage that I am done dealing gently with this house. That doesn't mean without love, grace, mercy, kindness. It doesn't mean without those things. But it's black and white. And he's sharing and he's speaking what needs to be spoken to. And if he's going to call me out and put me in the hot seat, you get to be in the hot seat with me. Okay? That's all this morning is. We're going to the hot seat together. Okay? You ready? Okay. Ephesians 4, 29. Go there. This was a a powerful and revealing thing for me as the Lord brought my mind to this. It gave me uh, this insight, this revelation over this verse that we've read so many times but one that I have not fully thought of in this way. Ephesians 4, verse 29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Corrupting. To cause, to act dishonestly in return for money or personal gain. Okay? And now, we read this, we read this scripture, and I've, I've grown up in church. Um, and so I've grown up going to church on Sundays, and so I've heard this taught before. I've, I've heard it taught as like a guideline, and it's, it's really, in, in the culture of Christianity, when we think about this verse, it's like, you just better not say any naughty words, because God is watching. If you say darn it, He knows what you mean, and you're going to hell. It's like we, we have this standard of no potty mouths because it says let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. All right? And is part of that true? Yes. Curse words, vulgar speech? Yeah. Don't need to be saying that. Uh, and the unfortunate thing is, is that we judge everyone by those words. We judge people by the way they speak and if they curse, oh, he said that word and so I don't associate with that person. Uh, We also hold gossip in this category of corrupting talk, right? It's speaking ill about someone, saying untrue things, or 
judging all about someone without their knowledge. But who is this verse for? Who is this verse for? Look at Ephesians 4. We'll just go up a few verses to, to verse 17. We'll start there. Ephesians 4, verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you most no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away all falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Who is this verse for? This section of Scripture is for those who have heard, believed, and encountered Jesus. I need you to hear that. So, if someone curses, uses bad words, uh, or gossips, but they do not know Jesus, hang with me for a second, is it corrupting talk? No. Do they know Jesus? Do they know the standard of truth and righteousness? Have they encountered grace and mercy for themselves? No. It is so often I see people that don't know Jesus and they gossip or they say ill things about other people. And when you truly see Jesus and you truly know Jesus and you see that in them, they are desperately just trying to find worth for themselves. And it's heartbreaking. But they do not know Jesus. They do not know the standard of Jesus. They have not encountered Jesus for themselves. So who am I to judge them on the standard of Jesus that they have not seen because they're not seeing it in me because I'm sitting here judging them. Who am I to judge them based on this standard that is held over me and not over them because they've not encountered Jesus and I'm not showing them? We need to hear that first. It is not corrupting talk. I've got this physical example. This is how the Lord teaches me... Um, he shows me things. You know, he speaks to my wife very differently. He speaks her. He shows her words, or sp speaks specifically in words. Me, he shows me pictures. I'm the kid that if I opened the book and there were no pictures, I was disappointed. <laughs> Pop-ups were my jam. If they would have made like a pop-up for calculus, I'd have been all right. But it was just words and numbers, so I did terribly, it, among other reasons. But that's the main one. That's the main one. If I believe, if I am a believer, I know Jesus, I have encountered Him, I say that I walk with Him daily. And I'm around somebody. I, I hope all of you can see this online. There's a bowl of water here. I'm going to make it dirty. And I begin to speak 
I curse. I speak corrupting talk. I gossip. I say mean things about, honestly, about people that also say they proclaim in Jesus. I don't, I don't care about the ears that are hearing. All I say is, I believe in Jesus and then I speak ill of them. Speak ill of the people around me. What does that crystal clear bowl of water look like now? It doesn't look clean anymore. It does not look clean anymore. If I believe and allow corrupting talk out of my mouth, if I believe and I gossip and I speak down about somebody who is a believer or not, but oftentimes we do it about our, our brothers and sisters, two people will gossip to people about people that we're supposed to be united with. Don't you all go to the same church? Yeah, but that's, that's not the point here. They hurt my feelings. Unintentionally, because they posted a picture on Facebook I found offensive. Like, what? That is corrupting talk. The environment around me, that lives around me, they are drastically and negatively affected because I know the difference. And I need you to hear me here. I am of the kingdom of light, a son of God. And when I allow corrupting talk out of my mouth, I am actively spreading darkness. How can the kingdom be established when we sent and ordained and anointed to do it are actively establishing strongholds of the enemy? There is no middle road. You are of the kingdom or you are, you are not. There is no in between. You don't get to tiptoe both sides because it's convenient and it feels nice. It's easy, it is easy to talk bad about those who have hurt you. It's very easy. It's also, to feel like, it's also very easy to feel like everyone's hurt you. It's easy to play that. And then it becomes very easy to talk ill about everybody. And that is corrupting talk. We actively participate, and this is truly heartbreaking. The Lord spoke this to me and it broke my heart because, again, you know this. He does not bring these words with me unaffected by it. I am in the midst of this with you. And he spoke this to me months ago and it shattered me. Because he didn't say we, he said you. He said, Parker, you actively participate in the campaign to tear someone down. Anytime. You speak anything that is not from the heart of God. You are actively joining in the campaign that is on route to tear someone down. And we justify it. Well, they didn't invite me to this. Or they didn't come to this. Or they didn't thank me in their speech. Or whatever. And so it's okay if I talk bad about them. Seriously. The people of God. This is what we're doing. I'm going to ask you to be honest for a second and participate in this. All you got to do is raise a hand. And I'll call you out if I think you're lying. So just get ready. How many believe that we are members one of another? Members of the body of Christ. Okay. How many believe we are brothers and sisters in Christ? Members of the body of Christ. Now, how many of us have allowed corrupting talk to come out of our mouths? Anything that is not edifying. 
then how dare we say we believe the truth that we just raised our hands to? Can we not see that we have actively helped get the world where it is today? We have actively participated in the campaign to get the world where it is today, and then we have the audacity to complain about it. Say, well, I don't like the way it is. Those people out there. Those people out there learned it from someone in here. Right? They had to be taught that behavior. Carrie said this, my brother-in-law, Carrie. Um, deeply, yeah, woo, shout out. He's excited. Um, he missed the mark big time. Just kidding. No, he, he spoke this last week. I was looking at my, my perfect niece, and she was smiling at me because I'm her favorite. Um, and her favorite uncle. I got you. I am her favorite uncle. And she was smiling at me, and he said, isn't it cool how she sees that you're happy and it makes her happy? And he, he went on to talk about how she hasn't learned, she hasn't been taught how to fake that smile yet. Like, man, what a beautiful thing to just be genuine. Just be genuine, to not fake anything, to just be authentic. But we then teach this perfect little child how to fake it. How to fake being kind. How to fake that smile, because it's socially correct. It's what you need to do when someone's talking to you and they're smiling at you. You just got to fake it. You got to work it up. You got to smile. And I, I say that so that we can recognize it, how we have removed the authenticity that comes with being members of the body of Christ. And we have actively participated even to the point of a child that we would change the genuineness that is in them. Because she will learn something about us. She will grow up here and she will either know that we are establishing the kingdom or we aren't. And that will be reflected in her life which one it is. That will be reflected in our children's life. Melissa's children's ministry will be affected by that. We have to believe what we say to be truth because if we do not believe what we say to be truth, I need you to recognize that is corrupting talk. That's what it's talking about. When those that know truth speak lies. When those that know the kingdom of heaven actively participate in the kingdom of darkness. When those that are sent and anointed and ordained to establish Jesus in the hearts and lives of those around them, but they actively participate in tearing those people down, that is corrupting talk. And that cannot be tolerated any longer. When we do that, we are establishing the very strongholds that we speak weekly about destroying. We've been talking about how there's this, there's, there's this victim mentality over our community. There's so many different things that are, that are going on over our community and we're calling it out and we're recognizing it that would not be a part of our story. But do we not realize when we allow corrupting talk, we are just increasing their strength and their hold on this community? I would not take that person seriously that says one thing and does another. That cannot be us any longer because like I said, I have seen the anointing that the Lord has had on someone's life pass because they have said no. 
And if we allow corrupting talk out of our mouths towards our brothers and sisters, you are indeed saying no. And the anointing that God has over this house will leave. We get real excited about the Lord saying that you are the fourth pillar in the next great move of God. I believe the move that we're currently in. But do not think for a second that God can only use this place to do what He needs to do. He will leave this place if the people that fill this building say no to what He needs us to do. Show me your faith by the works in your life. You are not qualified, you are not earning faith, but the works of your life will tell a testimony of what you put your faith in and the, what holds your heart. And for too long, I have seen believers tear each other down. Hey, Randy prepared me for this a little bit. I mean, you can only prepare somebody for this so much. So the second that my name had head pastor in front of it, big old target just painted on my forehead, and I could not do anything right. It's like I hadn't, I hadn't even gotten up yet. I just got this. It, I mean, we're sitting, it was comical. We're sitting, hearing some of the things that people were speaking uh, about us. And it's like, really? That's as creative as we're going to get? Like, that's, that's kind of silly. That's not even very, that's not even really believable. But it's coming from Christian people that proclaim Jesus. And I'm sitting there thinking I'm eating my Chipotle. I'm really happy because I'm having a baby girl again. I don't know if I told you guys. Um, and I'm sitting there and I'm laughing. I'm like, man, this is so ridiculous. And then I start thinking to my, in, my, in my own head, corrupting talk about the person that's authoring corrupting talk about us. It's like, oh, there you go, Parker. That's the way to fix it. Join in the campaign against them because they've joined in a campaign against you. That works. But that's what we do. I mean, heavily, the Lord just smacked me right in the face. Like, you will not do that. Because he brought this to me again. If we do not steward well what he has given to us, we will miss it. One of my greatest fears. Truly one of my greatest fears. And it comes from the flesh, but it is, it is authentic. If we will not participate with him, co-labor with him in establishing the kingdom of heaven, he will find somebody who will do it. We are not special because we attend this church. You are significant. You have been set apart. You have been ordained for such a time as this. But you have to choose to participate. There's a choice in this. We talked about it this morning. There is a choice that we have each and every day to walk with Jesus or not. And each and every moment there is a choice to participate in the establishing of the kingdom of heaven or to participate in establishing the strongholds that are tearing down our communities and the people in them. So which will it be? We cannot allow corrupting talk out of our mouths any longer. Amen? That means let it be. I'm, I'm leading you into a contract again that we're going to, as, as a body as a united people, say together that we will not participate in the campaigns that tear down one another. We will only participate in the establishing of the kingdom of heaven because we will only choose 
to speak what is edifying for the world around me and not what is destructive. That means edifying anything that exists in the heart of God. The heart of God does not care your political affiliation. Doesn't care. Could care less. So don't tear down somebody else because theirs is different than yours. Because he does not care. He established government last, really not wanting to because the people of God were like, please, 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 please put some man over us who would in turn just fail them. Just years later. But the people of God begged for government. It was not in his heart for us. They're little things. We cannot allow these things to tear us apart. We can only speak what is edifying to the world around us. Period. There is no in-between. He is removing the black and white, or the gray, so that there is only black and white, and you will be found on one side or the other. Will you be found on the side that is edifying and speaking truth? Or will you be found on the side that is allowing corrupting talk? Now, this is a daily process. A daily process. You can have really, really, really hard days, and then it's really, really, really easy to participate in the corrupting talk. But it goes back to what we said last week. How can He renew your mind if He never has the attention of it? If He has the attention of you, that will not be your response to the world around you. Plain and simple. If He doesn't have your attention, it's very easy to participate in it. Right? Are you following me? So that is my prayer for this house. That when we encounter people who already look like this, we could reverse this process that the bowl would be clean because they would encounter who they were always made to encounter and maybe for the first time in their life, they would see somebody that is there for their edification and not for their destruction. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? There are children right now across our street. Melissa has testimony after testimony. And these are not good stories of kids that have not heard a positive word spoken over them in their 10 years of existence. They've only heard what is destructive. And we do that to each other. So where did they learn it from? They're learning it from us. And now it's to the point that they've learned it so well that we can't even speak goodness over children. Can you imagine that? A child not knowing their worth. Because we're participating in the thing that's tearing them down. We're feeding the stronghold that's actively campaigning against that child. I'm not trying to pull on the heartstrings, but children are the biggest eye-opener for us. We do this as adults, and then it spills into them. Spills into them. We have to be the difference. Otherwise, what is all of this for? If we will not choose to be the difference. It's just one choice. And I'm not asking you to go out and do anything to start a positivity campaign or anything weird. I'm not asking you to do anything but choose Jesus and live for Jesus in your own life. Just do your own thing with Jesus. It will change the world around you. If you want to bring change to the world, in the world, if you want to go change something, you got to go out and you got to do it yourself, right? You want to change it, you got to do it yourself in the world. In the kingdom of heaven, all you've got to do is choose Jesus and He will do the changing around you. That's it. Choose Jesus, live for Jesus. He will change the world around you. It's not your job.
He is the change. He is the difference. All you've got to do is carry him with you into those places and he will be the difference maker. That is not our job. Our job is to carry this ministry of Jesus that is his, that he has carried and he has given to us. And all it requires is that our attention be on him and focus on him, that he would have our mind, that he would give us the ability to see and hear what he's doing in the world around us, that we would choose Jesus, period. It's that easy. It's not complicated. But we in this house, we cannot allow, we cannot allow one another to participate in the campaign that is tearing the world around us down. That cannot exist any longer. And no one, as we saw, is innocent of it. So this is not a place, there, there should be no guilt in here. There should be no conviction. That is not of God. He has simply brought to us this morning the standard of Jesus and where we're aligning up. And we need to see what's missing, ask the Holy Spirit to do what He needs to do, and then move forward. Amen? It's that simple. It's not, this is not a morning that's meant to be full of conviction or condemnation or guilt because those do not exist in the heart of God for you. It's simply meant to recognize where something is not as it should be so that we can make the change. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.